<sighs> Hello everybody and welcome to the Don't Be Mad podcast. I would say your weekly dose, but this is a this is a different week than usual for a lot of us. Most definitely. It's a bit more of a somber reflective. Very reflective. Very A lot of us are asking questions that can't get answered or in some case can and we just don't like the answers, but Overall, we're still here, man. I'm your boy Matthew, aka Lefty Luff- Lucky. I'm here as always with Jamali and Jason. I mean, I guess you could figure why we are the way we are right now. We we lost somebody in the community, in the world that that did great things. Was a great person, a great influence, a great motivator to a lot of people. Nipsey Hustle. Yup. Rest in peace. Rest in paradise. Rest in power. Such an unfortunate event. Most to most say definitely. the least. Yeah. To say the least. Such an unfortunate event. I mean you know I like to start off by asking how your week has gone, how's mental health, but I feel like we're all on the same page with this. Definitely. I'm like I don't even know where to begin. Like that's that's how messed up the situation is, right? Yo, bro. Honestly, like I like I said before the mic turned on, like I just dread. Yeah, I just dread this whole thing that we're gonna have to do now. But we gotta get done. I think it's it's a, a coping mechanism. I guess is a good way to just get it out there, get it off. Get to talk about it. Get to flesh out the thoughts that are like stuck in our head. And like one of the things that. Not that I'm happy about, but it happened at a time where we had an opportunity to really just digest it. Yeah. You know, like it could have happened before we recorded last week's episode or during we recorded, you know. But like, I remember I was at home watching the Duke game and just seeing it on the timeline that, you know, announcement like Nipsey got shot. And, like, I just thought it was, like, some bullshit, you know? Like, oh, these fucking people trying to talk shit. You know, like, another fake death type of situation going on. So, I like, I didn't even pay it no mind. Like, I just basically, like, kept scrolling, turned my phone off. I'm watching the game. Like, I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, yo, Duke's on. You guys are bullshitting. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> but then, like, I noticed, like, in my group chat, like, the numbers were just going up. Like, you just see that red dot, and it's just, like, the numbers are going, 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 going. What the fuck's going on? Like, no, and like, I'm still thinking, like, yo, this is bullshit, like, whatever. And when I jump in the group chat and I see people are like, yo, there's like video, yo, there's like a picture of him with his daughter, and then like the next video, it's like the same clothes, and all shit. I'm like, nah, fuck out of here. Like, I, I, I watched it, but I'm like, yo, why would anybody even film this shit? Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, the whole time, like, it really just like completely fucked up my mood. I mean, completely. I was literally on a phone call and I have this bad habit when I'm in the house, you know, I have my conversation going on speaker. I'm going through Instagram. I'm going through Facebook. And I remember, you know, having this conversation and we're talking and we're talking about, cause I'm working with this guy with some, some things that he's trying to sort out. So I was trying to go through a couple ideas with him and so forth. And I remember just switching on Facebook 
And then, no, I was on Instagram and I go through, uh, you know, I go through the stories. Yeah. And I just clicked on it just because I wanted to see what was popping. And I see a picture of Nipsey Hussle and it says, fight, nigga, fight. And I was like, people post some dumb shit. It makes no <laughs> sense. I'm I'm completely yeah, oblivious to the fact that he even got shot, yeah, right? Yeah, you don't even know. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go on Facebook. And the first thing I see is Harmony's post about, you know, him getting shot. It's so like, okay, maybe that's what they meant. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, something stupid happened. He got hit in the leg. Yeah. And then, like, three posts later, it was like, RIP. And I was like, nah. Yeah. My whole conversation with that dude, like, because we worked together, and he was like, are you okay, bro? And I was like, nah, this is not happening. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, this is not happening. This is not happening. No, 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 no. This can't be true. And the more I scroll is the more I'm seeing. And I'm like, yeah. nah. I'm like, yo, bro, I got to call you back. So I turn off the phone. Obviously, I start, you know, going through all the news and shit. And I see it. And I was like, nah. Nah, this is not true. Like, I'm thinking it's April Fool's and someone just want to be dumb. And that's what we're so, because it's like, it happened on March 31st. Right. In the evening for us. In the evening. So it's like, it's not technically April Fool's, but yeah. it's like, you never know, people right? People be wilding sometimes. Feel, yo, the things we've seen people do for clout on the internet. Yeah. Like, you, you, essentially, you're so skeptical about everything you see. Right. Which is why, like, when I saw the first post of, yeah, Nipsey got shot, and like that video that, you don't clearly see Nipsey, right? But you see like the shirt and the, and yeah. the shorts. I'm like, fuck out of here! Like that, that's bullshit. You know, like it's a movie set or some shit. Yeah. Like, I, like literally, I'm I'm complete full denial because right. I don't see Nipsey. Right. But yeah, it's like you keep scrolling as my group chat was going nuts and like a couple of people hit me up like, yo, you heard the shit that happened to Nipsey? Because like I've been like huge on nipsey like oh, yeah. yourself included yeah, yeah definitely it's like people be like yo is it, is it true like what have you heard what is going on like i i saw this shit on facebook or i saw this shit on instagram and it's like yo honestly like, i know as much as you do yeah but at the same time i was like i wish i didn't know as much as you did because right. i'm just like i want some type of confirmation Com yeah at that point i'm just like yo if he actually did get shot like let's just like the only thing i had wrote on twitter at that time was all i want to hear is He's in the hospital stable. Right. That's it. Like, right. if, if it is it is true, that's all I want to hear. And at that point, I was like, I, I put my phone down. I'm like, yo, I don't even want to look. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to wait. And then one of my friends texts me, and he's like, yo, like, he's dead. <sighs> and, like, it was the only one that went through because, like, I literally put my phone on Do Not Disturb because right. I was just hearing, like, the pings Ping, and all that yeah. shit. And, like, when you do it, you have, like, the emergency list. So it was somebody that was that close to me for them to be, like, yo, like, legit. And I was just heartbroken all night, man. Like, I couldn't even enjoy the rest of the Duke game. Bro, like, I, was I so literally shut down. Man. Like, I just sat, like, I live alone. So I was just sitting on my couch just pondering life, bro. I was like, nah, this can't be Nipsey. Like, maybe it's some stupid shit. And I'm hoping, that, like, even though I'm seeing, like, ABC... I see the yeah. breakfast, uh, uh, the Breakfast Club. I'm seeing Hot 97, and I'm just like, maybe these guys are, I don't know, fuck, bro. And then it was like, it was really when I, I once I start seeing videos, and I saw, I saw that video, and I was like, yo, that's Nip's store, though. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Like I'm like that. I remember watching him doing a documentary. I think it was for before the marathon mixtape came out, and it was just him like going around the hood. He was like, "Yo, this is the parking lot. I did all my, you know, I sold drugs here. I sold my mixtape here, and you know, that we used to be chased out of the parking lot, and now like my schooling store is gonna be open up." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm like this is this is looking for real." And I started seeing people, and it was just like. Once I once I saw someone live because I, I I don't know if you guys saw the video some uh, Which, some dude so many of them man. yeah he was live and I'm like yo this is really for real for real yeah. and I was like oh nah and because like you know I follow him like real deep so it was just not it wasn't like I'm just a fan of his music mm. I'm a fan of what he was doing yeah exactly you know and, what he was preaching and that's the crazy thing because I know a lot of people who didn't listen to his music. But they knew what he was doing, like his philanthropy work. Like that's how they knew who he was. And because of that, like that's how it affected them so hard. Because right. they're like, yo, they knew all the things he was trying to do. They knew all the 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 bridges he was building as far as making sure people, especially the next generation, had greater opportunity going forward. You right. know? And and for them it was like that pain of like, yo, I didn't listen to him, but like I knew him for being somebody that was positive in the community. And that in itself was why a lot of people were just so hurt. I mean, when you got from the Bloods, the Cribs, the Essays, like you had Latin damn near King. every single gang in New York, plus the uh, LAPD yeah. in just complete, total shock and disbelief. That says a lot about your character, especially right. in that type of environment. environment right. Ugh. Well, let me interject in this. Yeah, go ahead, because, I mean, we, no, we let, can... Yeah, I'll let you guys talk, because you guys are more fans than yeah, I am yeah. of <laughs> Nipsey, because I've, I've never really listened to his music or anything like that. I knew who he was. I knew what he did in the community and everything like that. Very admirable, and it's interesting seeing it from, like, the, from the outside, from people who have that perspective. They're, essentially, you, he's like a hero, a folk hero for a lot of people. And... Um, for him to go out the way that he did, it's it's terrible because I see it in I see it in you guys how you feel. You guys listen to his music all the time. You guys speak about him all the time, like, you know, because he's independent, did this stuff his own way. Yeah, um, that's one of the things I find. If you could make your way your own way and still be successful, I think that's one of the best things you can do. And I think he was an example to a lot of artists, especially that you don't need a big label behind you to actually make it. Not only did he make it in music, but he made it in business. Yeah. He made it in his philanthropic work and not, not a lot of backing, and he still made it work. And I think it's a moment to like look at uh, these are the type of people that you should... Um, these are all the type of people you should back in life. Yeah, you should protect yeah, them. These he, are the type of people you should back in life. These are the ones you protect, you champion, you and, and you promote. Yeah, you promote these because they're the one that's helping the local business. They're the one that's helping their, you know, putting their time, blood, sweat, and tears. They're actually physically there. Um, hopefully, we'll get into a little bit more conversation where we can explain that. I have a little different Yeah, no, different uh, we're, that, we definitely will. We'll I get just into feel that like, into a little differently, yeah. but um, I think... He was one of the actual good people because I've seen clips on Twitter of him um, when he was younger, like back in the early 90s, talking about, oh, I don't want to just 
sell records i want to invest in real estate yeah like from and that's the one thing that stood out about him you know like for myself i remember the very first time i heard a song from him was back when i was like going through like the Na right blogs and he was on he was on a feature on game song you know and hearing him there and i was like yo like i like this dude's flow like he's got a good sound and i dove a bit deeper and then i noticed like that first track came out but he still had like a few interviews out there because he was in la at least you know with like la leakers and all those guys like he was blowing up and in all those interviews he always preached about as much as he was in that gang life what they were about was making sure everything that they did was good for the community his type of gang mentality was not gang banging no and and that's exactly it was was more like it was the fundamentals of which the like the crips were discipline yeah we don't we don't do it criminally we do it fundamentally we do it through making sure our community is being propped up we we invest in ourselves we we push each other forward and we make sure that everything that we get we give back and it's apparent like it like I said, from day one, from the very first interviews he did all the way through to the person he was up to the day he died, everything was about making sure the community, the people in the community were safe, were making money, were in a situation where they felt that if they ever needed anything, they could get it. Well, yeah, to me, from what I'm seeing from people, he seems like a modern day Robin Hood of sorts, you can say of los angeles like he, he wouldn't i wouldn't say like he's like stealing from the rich and giving to the poor yeah because i'm I saying that say he's, mo- i'm like saying what his ability was more of just he was just himself yep like there aren't many people you can compare him to because there, there aren't that many examples of right. a guy like him because we know people who will do like amazing philanthropy but it's mostly in writing a check and handing it in but he was very much like i'm gonna put my hands in the dirt and work you know like the businesses that he started he made sure they were run properly he made sure the people that were there were doing their job he made sure if they ever needed anything he could either get somebody who can help them do it which would promote their business or if he couldn't then he would put his own into it to make sure that they never wanted for anything and the fact that he was very much hands-on is why you look at everyone from children in elementary high school coming up in that community all the way to the ogs and the elders who looked at him and were like no this is a guy like this is a stand-up man like we talk about kings all the time like he was moving like a king normally in in a community where you grew up um if you see that you're someone that's doing something positive something to build up the community no one's supposed to fuck with you and that's normally what it's supposed to be. If you're being positive, positivity, not to just one group of people, but everyone, no one's, no one should bother you or should give you any hassle. It could be police. It could be to um, people you have a disagreement with. No one in any case should be doing this stuff. And I think that um, our generation, and I could say, I could kind of say, all right, he's, our age yes yeah he's our age so you, i could say our generation depending where you grew up this is highly dependent i don't know uh, where he well he know he grew up in, in the los angeles area but um our kind of demographic our age group and we didn't grow up 
I wouldn't say like the most disciplined. I think we're more more liberal and stuff than how we do. Uh, I don't know how it is in LA because I've, I've never been there. I don't know, but I know growing up in the '80s in, in LA, you sort well, of we developed. had a lot of leeway. We had a lot. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's the like, language like, I want to say. We leeway. were we were allowed to really go out there and figure things out on our own, learn lessons both the easy and hard way, and anything in between. We were taught it from the people ahead of us, you know, and and. To reflect that in Nipsey, I feel like he had that type of same network around him of family and friends who they laid out a path for him and they they showed him a way which he was able to then instill in his own lifestyle and his own being that you see is reflective in the way that there's such an outpour of love. You know, like like not to like contrast it as a comparison, but when Mac Miller passed. We all felt that because of who we knew Mac Miller was in the music world. Right. Like he was always somebody that everybody who worked with him, everybody who knew him personally had positive things to say about him. Right. And we all knew about his his substance abuse demons. Everyone right. knew about it, but right. it that never took away from the character that was Mac Miller. Right. So looking at Nipsey Hussle and you're seeing an overwhelming, like almost... I won't like almost close to that, but in a sense where it's like people that you wouldn't expect. Well, you see the thing with Nipsey versus I think like any recent uh, celebrity rappers, athletes, anybody that people look up to really had any type of, you know, influence on us. I think the problem with the problem, not a problem, but the thing with Nipsey that makes him stand out is the impact he had. Yeah, you know he did things with in that impact not just himself, not mm. just his rap career, but it impacted others more so yeah. than himself. Well, you know, like he started programs like, you know, program. Vector Ninety. Yeah, Vector Ninety. Vector Ninety. This is a program for inner city kids to learn how to code. Uh, he had an incubator. You know what I mean? He was he was doing things with with the resources he have that people with bigger resources that we look up to have didn't even couldn't even crack close yeah. to what he was doing. This is this is what I actually wanted to bring up because um what you just said there Jamal I just want to bring like well we can go into segue into what I want to speak to. Right. Um in terms of that when I'm when Matt said that in our generation we grew up with a lot of leeway. Yeah. I think in our generation we have the highest potential but we also have the lowest like we can hit rock bottom as quickly like our generation is a generation of facebook google youtube all that kind of stuff right. we can create all this kind of great stuff irobot carpet machines all that shit right. but we also have some bullshit in our in our in our age as well when it comes to like terrorist bombers and shit like what well, i think our generation kind of more so than anything else we're the i think we're the most insecure generation there is I, and we worry so much about about what, how we appear to others, how others think about us, and so forth. And I think, I would argue with that. I would say that we're the, the generation, fearful generation. I think that's the generation ahead of us, like who are fearful? just, huh? I would Same. say the generation that's probably like entering their twenties to twenty six, twenty seven. No, I think there's people our age who are highly insecure. Oh, there's some. There's some oh, our yeah, age for definitely. sure. There's some our age. I don't for think sure. that that's generational. Well, I just think in general. No, but I think in what what, what in ties in what Jason's saying. I think it it 
it kind of being amplified with the existence of uh, what we've created in like the Facebook and the social yeah. platforms. Like people are fearful. Whereas like, you know, like, you know, years before, if I had an idea and I wanted to clean windows and start a company, I would, wouldn't think twice, I'll do it. Yeah. Now people don't want to do that because they don't want to be shunned or people be ridiculed. Yeah, they'd rather go on you know Instagram I mean? or Twitter and right. be, be yeah. Instagram famous, right. Twitter famous. Because I'm, I'm, it's the same thing like when we went to school and people said, oh, um, you should um, oh go to university, go to CJEP, get an education. Right. When we should have actually gone get a trade, work for yourself, build your own business. Right. And um, unfortunately, a lot of schools, a lot of the system, they don't teach you how to do this stuff. And but it's, again, uh, it's not it's a I, shame. I agree with you at the school, but I think a lot of us is the fear. We, we, we're fearful of failure because their mm. failures, unlike other generation, is, is seen by everybody. But the thing is with our failure, it, our failure is more impactful. So, for example, in, let's say, 20 years removed of us, people who failed before us they had the opportunity to fail. Us, if we, I think if we failed at certain that we want to do, we could lose a house, we could lose our livelihood, we could lose relationships, we could lose all that stuff. I think that's what people but are I think, afraid I think, of. But I think, I think in the contrary, I think our generation have way less to lose compared to other generations. Because at least in our generations, we have multitude of opportunities to be self-generating this type of, Oh, resourceful. I mean, like when someone failed back then, it was like, oh, I had my business for 10 years. Oh, now I'm going to go work at the local factory. Now we have the ability to start over. I, I At least that's what I, my impression is on our generation. Oh, I, I don't know. I think for us that if we fail at something that we want to do to, um, not me or you or Matt or anything perspective, I think if other people do it and they fail, they get so discouraged at their failure is that they put, like they said, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, because they're worried yeah. about how other people think about them or and people look at them and their failures. And that's and that's w what I find admir admirable about um, Lipsy right. is that, yeah, he had struggles and stuff like that, but that didn't stop his grind. He kept right, he on didn't. doing it and kept on doing yeah. it. And like I said, I never listened to any of his music. I'm, I admit it, I'm not a Nipsey fan because I've never listened to music, but I admire what he did in terms of his business and what he was trying to do for his community. And that's always admirable to anyone like that, even if you don't know the person. Right. I mean, as big as of a, you know, people look at these guys because, you know, he repped the role in 60s. We know this. Yeah. And, you know, he's literally, I've watched interviews where he repeatedly said, I really wanted to be somebody. And for, I think was close to a year, he was shining shoes and he took pride in what he was doing. And if you think about it, like he's not far removed from our age. He was shining shoes in like 95, 96. Yeah. You know what I mean? 97. You know what I mean? When most people at that time really was, we're getting to the era where it was about being fly and having the nice jewelry. And you could imagine gang culture back then in California at that point. You know, it's the Tupac just got murdered. Biggie just died. So, you know, violence is on the highest point. You know the what I mean? Tension was high. Tension right. was high. So for him to even you know say that and i mean a lot of people are ashamed of their first jobs you know especially when they reach certain plateau they'll never be like oh yeah i used to you know waiter at red lobster you know what i mean they would never say that they're yeah. like nah bro but i never had a job it's a part of your journey man right because you, you hear you a lot of from. these guys especially from the gang culture rappers they'll tell you i never had a job all i did was hustle you know what i mean yeah but you know for him to like he was really a true and honest person and like it's 
it's hurtful because it's like he's one of the probably the only person that I could think of our generation where his words and actions actually lines up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he just said such a rare thing to see. Right. Like somebody well, who literally preaches a certain way has so much evidence that this is exactly what they're doing. Right. And I would say add to that that there's another person who is like that. Doesn't rap. Right. But he plays basketball, and as much as I don't like him, I'm not li- like him, but I don't think he's great. I'll give 100% props to LeBron for that, because that's what LeBron does all the time. He oh yeah, Melo's up there too. Melo, we just put a mark on that just uh, <laughs> for future reference. Kobe's still the best though. <laughs> no, but Melo does this. No, Melo does this in his in his native country of Puerto Rico. Yeah. But you get what I mean though, right? Like, yeah. like LeBron would. You put your money where LeBron, your mouth is. Yeah, he puts exactly. his, and and people are always gonna remember you for that thing. So whatever criticism they may have about you or whatever people are going to remember oh he did this for me i can do this for other people and that's how you s- essentially spread the wealth yeah no it, it could be knowledge it could be money but whatever it, you're spreading the wealth well, i mean like and and bringing it back to that the the idea of legacy like that's one thing that nipsey preached heavily with the whole the marathon mentality is right he can put out the best rap songs there are and that can be his legacy right but if he doesn't have something that goes beyond that and something that is tangible that people can really reach out to, not just for inspiration, but as something that helped them get forward outside of just what he's doing personally, right? what legacy is he actually setting up? Well, right? look at it. We Look at us, our conversation that we're having right now. We didn't even talk about any of his songs. We just talked about the person and what he did in the community. We didn't even yeah. touch upon his songs yet. Well, for me, because I look at it more so He's more than just a rapper. To me, a rap, yeah, rapper he, is like the fifth thing he is, the yeah. fifth greatest thing he is. I think he, what? I think when I want to say year four, year five of him being a rapper is when we really saw what his mentality that he brought to us in those early interviews was right. becoming, you know? Right. And it was small things. Like I remember when he had put out Crenshaw. Right. And he was selling, like, Proud to Pay. Proud to Pay, yeah. The and people were campaign. like, $100 for mixtape, I'll know about that. But you literally had people who were proud to pay because on the back end of people paying that, they were given so much for right, it. Right. It wasn't like you're literally going to get this mixtape for $100 and that's it. Like, yeah. it wasn't a greed thing. It was, yeah. no, the money that you're giving me is actually going back to the community. Right. And You got a free show. Yeah, you got a free show. You got merchandise. Yep. You got... I think there was like signed things right. and on top of that, like he even said, like a portion of it would be donated to these specific things. So right. when people actually dove a bit deeper than just seeing the hundred dollar price mark, right. they realized, no, like this is actually for a good cause. Like right. this is actually worth it. And then when mailbox money came out, he was saying a thousand dollars, but that thousand dollars wasn't just for him. the music yeah. it was no I think, this is for the community like it's going to a good place i think that for him it's more that the things that he was actually doing in regards to rap or anything it actually you actually saw it go back into the community yeah. oh definitely the and, music was yeah. always secondary to him yeah. and that's something that i feel people didn't realize until maybe two three years ago right when all like the big plans but, that yeah. he had for we'll start to come for to fruition. Crenshaw and Slauson in right. South Central like yeah. when all those plans were really starting to grow when you you realize he was trying to get low-income housing mm. apartments built for people in that neighborhood that's when we're like yo like that all started because of these things he was doing musically right. that he told us about 
you know it like the shows where he would literally go out there i remember i was listening to uh i think it was flagrant too where kaz was talking about right. how nipsey would come out and literally perform for free and the only thing he would ask is that people donate to like certain charities or certain oh, yeah. organizations that he had like He's not even charging that party to pay him, but he would go out there and just throw his philanthropy at them like, yo, I'm not telling you guys I'm doing this for free, but do this and support the movement that we have going on. And people actually did because they knew who he was. But, okay, I'm not sure if you guys are, no, because I want to segue into something else in regards to, to Nipsey. What you're saying from like his philanthropic work and everything like that, because um, this is something I saw on Twitter. Like, there's a lot of stars big time superstars label known like from jay-z beyonce mm. all these big label people saying to oh nipsey you a real one he was no he was a real one this r.i.p r.i.p um and there was this guy on twitter that said no no fuck that shit you guys are in his level oh, yeah, or I know higher which, i know which guy you're talking about you, i'm sure you saw it he said you guys are in his level or higher and you guys are not even doing at least half of what he's yeah, doing. I remember that. And yeah. I'm like, that is and like, some and real in shit. In some cases, I'm not saying artists all. that are big. I'm that, not saying all. Some, no, no, and, and that's, not, that's why I'm, I'm prefacing with in some cases. There were a few that I know had said like Future being one of the standouts of being like, yeah, you know, that's why I do. It was like, no, you Fuck don't. out of here, bro. Like, <laughs> what a time to not shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. But... You know, like you look at somebody like Jay Z, who when Crenshaw came out, he bought a hundred copies, right. and then when Mailbox Money, I don't remember how much, but I know he did buy a bunch of those copies as well because he knew what Nipsey was doing. There are a lot of artists that are not as ten toes down as Nipsey, but still do a lot. I mean, we've already spoken about what Meek Mill's been doing. We spoke Rihanna. about Rihanna's been doing. We've talked about Jay Z. We've spoken about a lot of artists who are literally putting their money where their mouth is and doing great things either for the american community or their their native country, native yeah. countries I, you know? I agree what you're saying um but i would say that these artists that you mentioned um as much as they're the exceptions the, no I, even the sections too they do it i'm not saying that they don't they don't do it like he did. I'm just saying that they should be more vocal in what they're doing so a lot more people with their platform can see that they're doing yeah. it. Because you know what? I've, and that's, the, that's I what always, always like, bugged me. I've, I've had many conversations about that as well where it's we know or sometimes we don't know what an artist is doing and how it's affecting communities. And I can understand on the one hand, like an artist just wants to help and doesn't want all like the media attention of it. Because a lot of times, let's but say someone will donate a million, two million dollars and they're like, oh, they just want a tax write off. You know, like it's, it's immediately shunned. So sometimes it's good to if you know the type of media attention you're going to get, just do the donations, do put the people in position and allow them to get the praise while you sit back and it's like I did that. That's it. That's all. Like, which is something that Jay Z's done a lot. But I right. think. But, but the, uh, one go second. Ahead, Jamal. Go ahead. But what, one thing I would say though, the the the, the there's a difference between what, what what you're comparing, and I agree with what you're saying because there's a lot of people out there who could should and could do better, but they yeah. don't. But the thing is, is that Nipsey literally never left that community. So as he got big, the community got better with him there. Yeah. So like with Jay-Z, for example, 
most of the time he's out in Beverly Hills. That's where he resides with his family. Yeah. Diddy the same way. You know, most of these guys move outside of their community. And, you know, this is also, this is a part I was really want to touch on because I saw a video um, with Noriega. Uh, well, Nori, as we know him. Yeah, um, Nori now. <laughs> and he was saying something, and I thought about that. And I was like, you know, for years, you know, people always thought, well, you got rich and you switched up and you moved out. And I was saying, like, what if Nipsey did that? Would he still not be alive right now? Because he would have yeah. probably been a Sunday afternoon somewhere in Malibu, somewhere chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where coming back to like donation and people being involved in community, we come from an environment where, which is sad, but we're willing to kill somebody out of jealousy. Yeah. And it's, it's out of senseless things. So it's hard for a lot of people to really go and be hands-on, right? When they don't have the support. Like no, Nipsey was good. Like no one was going to touch him. You know, he was affiliated with the people who ran that area. So he was good. So he afforded him the luxury of staying there and really be impactful. I, and so when you have play people like you, you see Trick Daddy does this for years. Trick yeah. Daddy been having Trick love the kids. Mm. You know what I mean? Like people do a lot of things. Like LeBron is impactful again. And another thing too that makes them both impactful is because they have the same mindset. And it's a good comparison that you made. Because LeBron took his five best friends and he literally put them in position in his where they business have power. structure where they're able to live yeah. their dream and together they're able to accomplish a lot. Nipsey did the same thing. Yeah. And you know it, what I mean? So look, like, and I want to like layer on top of that because I remember when this all happened, a lot of people jumped straight to his Twitter and they were like trying to figure out what his last tweet meant. Right. Having strong enemies is a blessing. Right. And I was one of those people too. It was like, why would he tweet something like that? And then literally a couple hours later, right. he passes. But it came to pass that the reason he had tweeted us because he had literally just met up with a rival gang, like blood member who was like one of the top members. And they essentially came to a piece where they're like, yo, our people and your people, we're going to work together. We're going to make sure this community, community stays safe. And, right. There was literally like pictures of them together, like where they sat down at the table, like videos and everything. Because right. they were like, yo, like they need to see that we can do this, that we can come together as a community. And like, regardless of if you're on the rival side, we can make this work. Right. So in in that understanding of someone like Nipsey, who, you know, had the, the nickname Neighborhood Nip, yeah. it's it's not like there's purpose and reason for why he was still there, there and why yeah. he was always working because if you take him out of there the influence the strength that he has the the visibility of, of people understanding that you can overcome um, like he he's rolling 60s like we know or even if you don't know what that means in la People from Rolling Sixties don't get to where Nipsey is. People from any gang don't get from. And way. if and usually the ones that did left, took their people with them and yeah. didn't turn back. Right. Whereas he sh he wanted to make sure that the kids that were there noticed like this is what us in this clique are supposed to do. And I know people have their reservation of he should have never stayed in the hood. Once he got his money, he should have left. And I mean there there's going to be a thousand and one opinions on that. Right. But. When you see what his passing has done as far as the outcry of pain, him being there meant so much more than if 
he had literally just said, I'm just going to write checks and leave it at that. Right. I think that's where I guess, well, myself, I, I kind of sort of disagree. I agree with most of what you're saying, but I sort of disagree. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to be in the hood to prop up the hood. It's good that you're there because people see you. They can interact with you. They can right. talk with you. But I don't think you need to be there all the time. Like how LeBron does it. LeBron's on the hood all the time. Not in Cleveland all the time. Yeah, but, most, but two different yeah. career paths. Though. I don't, yeah. like, I, 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 I don't think he has a choice in not being there. No, no. But, but what I'm saying is that a lot of these, like as much as your hood is safe, you think you're good in your hood, you need to have a sort of security with you. And I remember yeah. this, this is always the funniest thing I've listened to a comedian said. He says he was, he grew up in the housing projects in Chicago. One time, he just went by himself thinking like, oh, I'm from here. I'm from Southside Chicago. No one's going to mess with me because they know me. He said it was the biggest mistake of his life. He said, these, these people nowadays, regardless of the people you grew up with in the past and you see them now, mm. you don't know who they are. They, they completely change. So you don't know how to react. So yeah. one person can come up to you asking for money like, yo, do you have $500? I used to help you out when you were a kid. And like... I don't have this money. You don't want to give it to him. He might start to shake you down because he has nothing to... No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not and, joking, though. It's serious. And no, I get what you're saying, but yeah. here's the difference between that situation and Nipsey's. This is a guy who got famous, was gone for a while, and came back, whereas Nipsey never left. Uh, yeah. And just to touch on what you said about security, let's be clear. Nipsey was a person who had security. Yeah. He and knew it, the it, dangers. The only reason he was there without the main bodyguard... Is because his friend served some time in prison that and has bit who just came home went by the store he got a phone call i guess from what because his brother works there his dad's the manager or I, no he is one of his other boys is the manager of the store they must have hit nip up if you saw the picture yeah he he's was in going basketball there to shorts. meet up with them yeah he went there and to make sure he got clothes some clothes and, and, and all of that you see this is the this is the problem too because because i remember Charlie Murphy, when he did um, security, he was head of security for Eddie Murphy right. when he's doing all this stuff. Right. And they said that was the worst thing you can do. He said, You need, he, they told Eddie Murphy, you need to hire professionals. Like us, like a. No, no, agency. but Nipsey had security. His brother's not the, the, of the store. I'm not, his brother's not his head of security or his dad. Oh, he no. He has security. But what I'm saying is, like, you need, but, but regardless, you need security that. You hire from an agency that actually physically trained us because when Charlie Murphy used to do the security for Eddie Murphy, he used to beat up a lot of people. And they used to tell him, dude, you cannot do this. They told Eddie Murphy, your brother's too extreme. He has to back off from this because you don't know how people are going to be. You can't, you can't have people you know be your security. You need to have them extend. No, no. He had his own person. His, his security is not necessarily his people like from the streets. His security, like from what I read and what, what research has provided me, the information, is that he really does have a serious security team. That's it's good. It's just then. that he, he, it was an in and out type of situation. And from even, oh, even then, man. Further, furthermore, like when, when more I read into what happened, is that this guy, Eric Holder, was sitting outside waiting for Nipsey to come outside. So oh, if yeah. you notice, Nipsey was. I don't know if you saw the video. I didn't see it. But see it, it looked like they were walking towards a cart, not realizing he was in a vehicle nearby. And then he got out and walked over towards them. And that's when he opened fire. 
You see? Right? So it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's like, it's hard to digest, you know, because like, there's a deeper part into this conversation we'll get into later, but it's just like, these people need to be protected. Like, I know he nip is, nip was comfortable in his neighborhood. I agree with you. There's a level between being comfortable and being secure. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're from that neighborhood. Yes, you're cool with most people. And if not all people, you're doing great. But you have to be mindful. There's somebody out there that is envious, that don't value what you're doing, that may see you and say, oh, well, I should have been there too. You know what I mean? And they don't understand the struggles that he goes through on a daily basis or whatever it is. And, you know, for them, taking him out is not a big deal. And, you know, we've seen this time and time again. Nipsey is just a famous person this happened to. This happened to people we don't even probably know their names. But this guy was, you know, after school program director. He coached a local little league team or whatever which is still impactful to the community, but off being, you know, somebody saying something or he, him doing something, he ended up dead. Nips is just a popular one. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of Nipsies out there. You know, I'm just saying, like, he just had a wider platform and a deeper impact on everybody, you yeah. know, that really came to get to know what him and what he was about. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean. And I'm not saying that, you know, he should, like, can't be afraid to go out anywhere, even where you live. You can't right. be afraid. However, I think that when you reach a certain level or, or degree of notoriety or famousness, especially if you're in public, right, you need to um, be mindful of where you are, who you're with. Because we always hear it that, oh, um, I was driving, but my boy had a DUI. Um, he had a cocaine car a charge or something while I was driving and you get caught up in it. We right. always hear stuff like that. And I'm not saying Nip Nipsey didn't know what his, um, his alleged friend, um, didn't have or what he had on him or anything like that. But if you know this person had a problem or had a problem with you or any, any minor thing like that, when you have security you say you tell your security, listen, this person has this, 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 and this. It could be anything little. He has a marijuana charge. Security's gonna know, okay. He may have marijuana charge him. Let's check him to make sure that if he comes around here, we know he has nothing, he could come in. Right. That's and that's the thing, is like I'm not saying just because you have security and they're your he's your friend that oh, he doesn't trust you. I'm just saying that it's better to be safe than sorry. And I'm not saying it's Nipsey's fault. Right. Because it's not his fault. Who could predict anything, any shit like that? No one can predict that. Well, I mean, let's touch on this now because I think that's where we're going. So it, it, it turns out that the Nipsey's killer was, well, an affiliate, a longtime friend. Well, I won't say friend. I'm, I'm not going to put that far. They knew each other. They knew each other. They knew each other. They grew up with each we other. We read each other. The problem with what, what, what I have is that there's, there's not really much you can do when it comes to certain situation. 
in, in, regula- in regards to how your relationship turns out as you grow, right? You can't control it. Yeah. Some people are going to go left. Some people are going to go right. Some people are going to get left behind. Some people are going to get ahead. What I would say, however, having looked into it, it appears that this individual was part of the gang culture as well mm. and broke code. And the code of silence is what he broke. Apparently, he was an informant. He worked with police. He snitched. He gave up information. Nip being true to what he, the values which he was raised on and believes in, was like, bro, you can't come around here. You know what I mean? Nip at that point literally owned the whole block. You know what I mean? The whole yeah. shop. <laughs> but that's there. what I mean. Now that's when you should tell your security. But hold on. That's hold, when that. That's but so him saying, "Don't come around here." It, it's it shouldn't be surprising to that guy because that's how it works in those neighborhoods. Yeah, you you work with the, you're an informant. You're no longer part of the community. You're excluded. Yeah, right. So whatever altercation happened, one could only believe it happened. And Nip was like, you know what? This is getting hot. I'm leaving. Mm. And you could tell, like, because where where this happened, he was leaving. I don't think he was even mindful that the guy was there until the sh- he started shooting. And Nip being the size he is, very tall, was, like, from what I see, like, split seconds, Nip was already on the floor. Yeah, I didn't even watch the video. I couldn't do so, it. So, you know, all I'm saying is, to say this, is that, yes, Eric Holder did something ridiculous that I would never be able to wrap my head around. Nip should have people around him to protect him to allow, to, from this type of shit happening. Enough yeah. friends, huh? Like right. I agree professionals with that handle that shit. I agree with you, but in this situation, the more I look into it, you know, I'm seeing things like, you know, this guy, Eric Holder, since 2012, 13, has been going into mental asylum. First, he got knocked with a gun charge, did some time, like a couple, like, they were saying like three months, which is kind of light. So that's probably where the mm. snitching part came in. Because that's not normal for a gun yeah, charge. Yeah, for years and for, came but out. But you have to know it's, it's LA too, have. so they won't keep you in the jail. They'll get that cleared up quick because it's overpopulation. They're not, they won't keep well, you in jail. Well, I mean, bro. I it could Nipsey, be that though. You're right. I've seen Ni- I, maybe Nipsey do have access to information that he did snitch, right? We don't know. But again, that goes back to the security thing. They should be well informed of that stuff. Right. But the case in point is, when you're from that culture, I feel like it's a... Uh, understanding like yo dude told you not to come around stay away and keep it moving and so i guess this he keep coming back and i don't know what drawn him to the store at this point and the altercation happened nip looked like he was leaving this guy looked like he was just there lurking waiting for the opportunity knowing that he probably would be like oh well normally this guy normally have a lot of security i'm today he doesn't so now if i really want to do something it's today but regardless of the fact because he, what I read that he was, you know, and heard that he was in and out of mental asylum since then, it really made me reflect on how, you know, we talk about it all the time about mental health, health and people being mindful of this. It is important for us to not just put, make him another lost soul in the system. We, you know, yes, I, I mean, I've even heard his family saying, you know, he needs to pay for what he's done because what he's done is damaging and they don't support none of what he's doing. He doesn't need to pay with his life, though. No, that's not... It's What, what is that going to do? It's not going to... Yeah. Nipsey's not going to come back if he dies. You know and what I mean? Like, you, you, like, I've had these conversations with you and Jason in private where I'm... 
I'm not a death penalty type of no. person. I'm not a person who thinks like if you kill someone, you deserve to die yourself. Right. Like, oh, I, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm like whatever time he gets for the crime he committed, that is what he should serve. Right. But period. also beyond that, I think he needs to get help. That too. And we as a community cannot be shunning people with mental issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Apparently, this guy was on medication. When he's on medication, people around him said he was lethargic. He was sleepy. He hated it. And so he would be on and off his meds. Yeah. You're right. Well, you know, that that goes into a bigger conversation of when, like, uh, you could say that um, a lot of black people are forgotten when it comes to mental health. So they'll say, oh, a white person committed a crime. He has mental issues. He's unstable or something like that. Or <laughs> Well, let's be honest. In our community... Mental health is, uh, first of all, as a black person, black male, we're, the most, we're stigmatized. <laughs> like We need the most help. No, but we're stigmatized. Look, we, as little as we do on this podcast, which is still a lot more than a lot of people do. Right. We, at the very least, have that weekly reminder for people that, how's your week going? How's your mental health? It's such a simple phrase. Right. But in all honesty, it means a lot. And look... I know more often than not, we say we're good here. And if we do have any grievances or anything that's happened, we talk about it. But when the mics are off and the cameras are off and we actually are going through shit, we talk about it. Right. You know, like, and I mean, like, we can't give you all of our personal life. No, no, no. But at the same time, we just want to give you guys that weekly reminder that if you are going through shit, you can talk about it. And look, like. I think of the three of us, I've been the one who's a bit more open about my personal shit, mostly right. because I've gone to the therapist. I've gone through those things where it's not uncomfortable for me to talk about what I've been through. Right. But at the same time, there's still a lot about me you don't know. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's mostly because, like, I you, do cherish my privacy. You have to. You know, but we have these conversations because it's very important to remind people that you need to have these conversations and... In a situation like this where we're getting information that this person most probably has mental health issues, it makes you look at the situation and think there's probably so many different ways it could have been handled. Right. As unfortunate as it is that it's more of a hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. But it's to also educate ourselves and right. remind ourselves of the things we have to look out for right. when interacting with people. Right. What are they doing? What are the things that we are noticing about them? So right. we bring it up in this sense, in in Nipsey's sense, as a precaution to right. be like, pay attention. Right. Uh, one thing I wanted, the reason why I said this is because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, you know, he's trying to play the, the crazy card and... He, he tried, you know, they caught him because he tried to check himself in. Um, from what I've read, from what I've seen on videos from people from that community, they told him to do that, yeah. to go to a mental asylum to seek help. And the only reason is because obviously he was labeled as armed and dangerous. Yeah. The last thing they wanted it was for him to be shot by the police yeah. because of his erratic behavior. Right? Yeah. And they didn't so want another person dead. Dead. It wasn't the goal. The goal was for him to go there. And I can't remember who it was he, whose house he went to, but it was somebody that was known in the community. Yeah. And that person made sure that yeah. like, she drove him to the, yeah. the facility Prison, to make yeah. sure that, yeah, check yourself in. in. Yeah. And so apparently he was waiting because he had no ID. 
obviously, this is a person who does have episodes and so forth. He hears voices in his head, apparently, from what I've heard. Yeah. So he had no ID, and someone saw him, recognized him. Obviously, he's on every news bullet in there, isn't Yeah, yeah they, they threw his picture up everywhere. Right, so... Which is dangerous in itself, but... My thing, my... They, they called the feds, and that's how they got him. Yeah. My thing in regards to when someone, you know, has... Um, who's unpredictable with their mental health or anything like that. Um, you have to be very mindful and be aware you're surrounded when you're around someone that way, someone like that. Because it's um, it's dealing with an unknown variable. They can be good one time. They can be just off the walls the next. Right. And I'm not saying what he, like, because of mental health, oh, you should, whatever he did was bad. He knows he did bad. It's obvious. I think he does. I mean, I've seen videos of him and he looks like someone who Somebody understands every decision and, he made. And, like, I'm... I'm like hypersensitive to this shit because as both of you know, like one of my nieces is autistic, like she's on the spectrum. This is also like World Autistic Month and like when I see situations like this, I sympathize with somebody in that position because like my niece isn't one of those people who literally is perfect woman and completely erratic the other. Right. But there are things that will happen where she will get into that like kind of coil into herself and hard to break her out of it and knowing how frustrating it could be to deal with somebody like that if you're not equipped to deal with someone like that i can sympathize with him right which i mean if you're at home and you're wondering how the hell i could sympathize with a murderer this is your first time to figure it out right when somebody has these type of mental episodes where it Especially if they're hearing voices, where right. which would most likely be in a schizophrenic right. or bipolar Polarism, type yeah. of situation, it's not something that is easily controllable. It can be one word that sounds familiar to something that somebody said that literally just sets you off. It could be a smell. And one thing when it comes to humans, of all of our senses, the sense of smell is the one thing that we can relate to a memory that right. happened 20 years ago like right. it's such like all of our senses become so hypersensitive and doubly so if you have those mental incabilities right. attached to it right so when i heard that situation with this guy where he possibly has mental issues which is why he checks himself in and then there's a history of him being there like it made it so much more frustrating because right. it's more a matter of as much as I'm mad and I'm disgusted that Nipsey got killed, what was this guy's state right. that led him to go that far? Because everybody's asking the question of how could this happen? And something like that is literally a prototypical situation of let's figure out how this could have happened. Right. But I also think, like, I think it's important for us to, to understand, like, you know, a person of his, you know, him growing up, like, you could think about it, you grew up with a group of friends, right? And you've been cool with them all the way through. You make a mistake. You, you obviously, you know, a lot of people are like that. You know, they make decisions, they do things as a group because they're, you know, that's where their confidence comes from. Yeah. And then they're left to deal with something that they did on their own. And they're left to deal with it. And you may, I'm not saying snitching is a mistake, but you do something out of whatever fear, whatever it is, you, you do the crime, you're not built for the time, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. right? 
the thing is, he's shunned from the whole community, right? Yeah. And so when you put when you when you put that together with the fact that this person has psych, like you know, mental issues, being pushed away, being shunned, being in isolation, it doesn't help. It amplifies yeah, exactly. well, these exactly. issues. And the thing about it, when you have that type of thing, people become erratic, right? Because well, all their, I think he did this. I don't even think his intention was to kill Nipsey. It could have probably, I don't, I'm not going to say that. Let me take that back. I don't know what his intention was. Yeah. But in whatever he was trying to do, I think attention was what he was trying to get. He wanted, I don't know what, from who or whatever it is. It could be a possibility. But it, he went about it the wrong way and there's no justification number, to it. any number of things. I think, right. I think what people have to understand is that when you have people who have mental uh, mental health conditions or anything like that, you need to approach them in a way of patience. You need to have yeah. patience. patience. And understanding. Is, is paramount. Patience, understanding, and you have to understand what people are going through. So I know a lot of people... Empathy, when, when man. You, when, you, when you say like uh, someone has autism or that, it's not a mental health issue, but I'm saying people who have autism, I've always said... Like people who always shun people who have autism, saying, "Oh, we're not going to hire them for this job. We're not going to do that." No, I'm it's like, simply I'm, I'm, a matter of understanding I'm, at that point. It's right. Not even understand. I'm like, why are you stopping this person from trying yeah. to work? They're gonna find they've made it through life doing it a different way. There's there's multiple ways to do something. There's oh, not just one way to do yeah, something. Exactly. And that bothers me, especially with people who have autism. Like. You're not hiring them because they have autism. They can, they probably can do it another way, and probably can be more efficient than the yeah, way that you do right. it. And I think what a lot of people, especially in like healthcare professionals and stuff, not a lot of education and patience is given to a lot of people with mental health issues, a lot of people with uh, physical disabilities or mental disabilities or anything like that. Right. And I think that's a disservice to everyone as a whole because if you had more education, you could you could understand and you could see the problems quicker. And you can react quicker. Um, so, for example, the person Eric Holder with who had that issue with Nipsey, maybe there were signs. Maybe it's of the, we don't know. No, but, but this is a known fact. There was no sign. So, there was a known fact that he had these type of situations. So, but I think with the with the issue is, is the education that you said, like people shunned him, people turned away from him. Instead of okay. I understand this is what you're going through. Let's see what we can do to help you. But and beyond let's, the, let's track you. Let's be, track you and see. Right. How beyond we can help the education, you. though, like I was saying earlier, as a black male, in some ways, it's a, we stigmatize. We get stigmatized negatively. Yeah. And then if you put, you know, mental health issues on top of it, it's even now worse for you. Yeah. Right. And well, you, I was gonna say you're right because a lot of people say like, oh, black people or black men are paranoid. It's not that we're paranoid. Is that you be not believing what we're saying is making us paranoid? Well, I mean, when <laughs> you, black people in general. <laughs> that's what it is. But you, 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 you think of somebody who gets put like. Think about it. These guys probably grew up in some form of project environment, yeah, yeah, yeah. caged in type of mentality. So it's survival of the fittest. Yeah. And then when you have all this, this, this type of trauma, it triggers these things. I think we have to be mindful of how we yeah. approach them. We have to stay educated on and how to, you know, govern our environment with, you know, such people in there. And, you know, don't be shy and don't be shunning people to take up help. If you need help, whether you're a man or a woman, you're not lesser than. You're actually greater than most mm. people. 
because yeah. it takes a brave heart to even admit yeah. that you have an issue. Your pride is not no arguments that here, man. You know? Your pride is not that important when it comes to your yeah. well-being. Just drop yeah. that shit and get yourself. Your pride should better. not. If your pride stunts your growth, it's a liability. Oh, I agree. You gotta tuck your pride. Put your pride aside and allow yourself to get the help you need. And you know what I mean? Like I feel like we need more support system in our communities yeah. because. Like, you know, obviously, like, I, I, I know people, you know, growing up, they're super hyperactive. You know what I mean? And I've seen what, like, riddling do to people. Like, it's not pretty. You know what I mean? Like, people look like they're dozing off on themselves. But and it I turns into a fucking zombie, zombie man. Right, but I could only imagine how, I think that's weird. Could you imagine if that's your, you and, like, you're having an episode or you're, you feel like it's coming on. You got to pop a pill. And then you do this, and then like, your day is gone, or yeah. you know you have no friends, you can't really be sociable. Again, that's that's more into this. And like people who are hyperactive, I don't think like it, like when they say ADHD or anything like that. I think ADHD is bullshit. I think you need to stimulate people's mind in a certain way that keeps them interested and active in a certain activity so for example when i'm sure you've guys seen this in your schools with elementary and high school growing up there are people in the special class because they're too hyperactive or anything like that it's not that they're they're hyperactive it's that they get bored in the stuff that they're doing and they want to do yeah. more well i've noticed like, that i mean that's a whole other that's a conversation big, uh, that's itself. a big other conversation <laughs> right to, to put it shortly everybody learns differently Right. There you go. That's it. And, and, and like we know this. Like there's people who learn visually. There's people who learn hands on. There's people who learn just from hearing. Like right. everybody learns differently. So and there's more it's, ways it's to mostly do one like thing. it's a lazy tactic of right. You're not learning the way I want you to learn. So you got to go over here. Like that. Right. That's essentially what it is to keep it as layman's terms as possible, right. without going into that. Yeah, and two hour and conversation. There's more, and there's more. Th and there's more than one ways to learn to do something. Exactly. That's but all I'm just is. saying, I think as a, as as a, a community, we have to be a support system for those that need yeah. it. Um, you know, don't make them feel lesser than right. because at some point they're going to react. You know what I mean? It, it's a, it's a normal, not, I won't say it's normal, but some people don't go as far as, you know, taking up a gun and, you know, doing this. And I have to be fair in my argument by saying if he could pick up a gun and shoot it, he has some level yeah. of rationale in his going on in his head. Whether it's, you know what I mean? Like, he know, I, I don't think anybody could pick up a gun and not, and shoot it and think it's... Which is why, like, we look at it in a sense of, and as hard it is, as it is to do this, right? he did the crime. He has to do the time. That's, it's simply that. Like, we talk on this podcast on our social medias all the time about justice being served we cannot then look at because of somebody that we respected so highly somebody that we looked at as literally the shining example of what these kids should look up to his passing as a reason for us to literally steer away from who we are and the morals we keep and and just the alignments that we've always had well i mean it's social media time and you know like, we can't, and, and, and that's another thing, like, I've seen people, like, especially when they said, yeah, they're they're keeping Eric Holder in solitary confinement, they're like, yo, just send him out there, and it's like, no, like, if we start saying things like that, if we really feel like he should just be sent out there to be att essentially attacked by the wolves, 
we are no better than Eric Holder. Oh, I'm 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 of the mindset of like if he goes gets psychologically evaluated and they determine that this dude did not he's like schizophrenic has whatever he has seek the help that you need yeah. keep him confined seek the help that yeah. you need however if they find out that it was just pure bullshit or anything like that and he just did that because he's just being a hater and i don't know because i haven't followed it too well but look even if it's bullshit i look i'm not a person who thinks the price for death is death oh no i'm saying i don't feel like that at all i've never felt that I don't way think i don't think and the, I, i'm not gonna allow nipsey's death to be the reason i promote that like absolutely not oh no 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 what i'm saying whatever is, is, is if it's a 25 year sentence then it's a 25 year 15 year whatever is the law for what you committed that's what you should get because there's no denying that you did this you know like and him having a lawyer is simply because it's not that the system will take advantage of them because they can easily just be like, everybody's pissed off. A hundred years in prison, that's it for you. But I mean, we've seen this. I mean, not in this capacity, but this is exactly the scenarios that we see play out. Yeah. People get persecuted on social media, and then the justice system just hands out charges, hands out, you know, punishment, because they, they see that it's in line with what social, what, what the, so, the media is really out there and people are saying. So, you know, I keep my same thing and I'm saying the same thing. When it comes to justice, it's not how we seek justice for the victim, but also the justice and the given to the accuser or yeah. the person who committed this. It act. works both it ways. It has to be fair. It can't right. just it works be both ways. An as much as decision. it may hurt you to hear this listeners. Oh no. Justice has to work both ways. Like I said, my thing is that if they Find out whatever he said was bullshit. Cool. All right. Put him in population. You want to handle, you want to deal like things in the streets? Let the streets handle you. I don't say you have to die. I'm not saying you, you need to be killed. Just the same, uh, the same um, opportunity that you gave Nipsey in the streets is the same opportunity you should be given while you're locked up. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not aim, aiming for death for you, but if you get beat up and you stay in jail, stay in jail, get beat up. If you get stabbed and you stay in jail, stay in jail, give up. If you get killed and you're in jail, that's what happens. Well, but I mean, handle it. But that's I if. Just, that's if. I don't want. And like I said, for me, it's more of just complete and total alignment of how I've looked at every situation we've ever talked about here. I don't feel death in any circumstance is the proper answer. I don't think death and, is any and way. I don't think Nipsey. Any circumstance? Even though this guy killed him, I don't think Nipsey would want death to be the answer in this circumstance because that's not what he promoted at all. But I, I, don't, I, I don't go as far as saying this. I don't think that's the way we should carry on Nipsey's legacy. Exactly. I think if, if we really want to make sure Nipsey's legacy live, I think it's on each of us who want that or desire that. If any anybody who wants that needs to take up some role in their respected communities yeah. and try to replicate. He left us a blueprint that it doesn't take much but commitment and effort yeah. to, to have an impact. And I think that's something you know we should learn. Let justice deal with this guy. Let, it's not our role. And I've said this for Bill Cosby. I've said this for 
R. Kelly have said it for anybody who get, let justice deal with this. It's not for people to persecute you in social media or and let social media determine what your punishment is. I think, you know, either way, no one wins. You know, this is a family that's going to lose their son potentially for... Dude, I've been feeling so heartbroken for Lauren London for so Oh, yeah. The kids. Heartbroken. The kids, Lauren London, the whole community. Didn't like, Lauren London, too, dude. have, like, an accident not too long ago or something like that? I'm not familiar with um, that. Yeah, me neither. I think but she had some kind of... Um, it, it's like, possible. I just, I just know, like, knowing how loving he was to her right. and to the kids. Right. Because... He was never shy about showing his kids no. and bringing his kids around and, and just letting, like, essentially giving that knowledge right. to them, man. Right. Like, it's, it's, but even, even at man. that, like, most hip hop artists right now glorify and pardon my French, bitches, hoes, you well, know, people are fat ass. It's fucking true. That's no, no, but do. I'm just saying, like, I'm just <laughs> saying in terms of the way I'm using, because it's not a word that I typically use to describe women, but I'm just saying, you know, these are things that they glorify. Even in his action, you know, I don't even knew of a relationship he was in other than with Lauren London. His name was, you know, <laughs> he was never caught out there slipping. He was really no, a stand-up dude. Yeah. Like, that to me is admirable. And I think, how, you know, he wasn't promoter of drug use like most rappers right now, their content. He was really about hustle and motivate. Like, Honestly, the, the worst thing you could ever connect to him was talking about the gangbang life but yeah that's the worst but we know about it because yeah you're rolling 60s right but i mean that's he, the he, worst you all, can connect to him. but it's the it's the thing too like i hate when people get, i know people are going to come out and be like oh well you know he talked about guns and violence and this and that he's a rapper welcome to la all, no but a rapper <laughs> has always been a hood journalist yeah they report to the to their audience what goes on in their neighborhood and the neighborhoods of their friends and so forth. So if this is what he sees and this what is relatable to him, let him do it. You know what I mean? Like now, like when people talk about Jay-Z, all he talks about is arts and shit. I'm glad because you know what? If you look at his progression, Reasonable Doubt was all about selling drugs and the other side of There's got to be crime. growth. You have to grow. There's got to be growth. You know what I mean? And you hear Nipsey talk about it in the most recent album, you know, Victory Lab. Well, not the mo his only album, Victory Lap, and yeah, because all the rest were mixtapes, mixtapes and body of work, which you know. But you know, you hear about his, you could hear about him talking, and his lang lingos, you know, sort of change, and mm. you could hear growth in his music and the content Dude, that you he was start producing. with the very first mixtape, or the very first public mixtape with Bulletin Got No Name Volume yeah. One. Yeah. Listen to that. And then listen to Victory Lap. Don't don't listen to anything in between. Just go from Bullets and Got No Name Volume One and listen to Victory Lap. And tell me if anything outside of like anything outside of the building on community, black business, things of that nature, any of the things outside of that are in Victory Lap. I can tell you right now they're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah the thing totally. that he preached as far as building in the community investing black investing yep. in the next generation growth all yeah. those things in in bullsing out on name volume one are in victory lap but all the negative shit that you could literally pick apart and be like well this is why you got in this situation they're not in victory no. lap and even when we went with the, the 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 parts that are there 
you could hear them being more defined in Victory Lap. Yeah. Like, you could hear, okay, this is a guy where, like, he's speaking in a general sense. But then in Victory Lap, you're hearing him talk about very things that are intricate. That means that he's learned along the way. Exactly. You know, and, you know, it's sad. It really breaks my heart because you guys know, like, I love Nipsey. Nipsey was, like, I remember having a conversation with a coworker once. And I was like, yo, bro, you guys wasted five G's on bringing down an artist. You guys could have saved up and bring down Nipsey. I heard him say you would come here for, well, you would do, you know, shows for $10,000, you know, in my head. You would do them for cheap or for free. You know what I mean? Depending on what your philosophy was. And I remember I had a conversation with a good friend of mine, uh, a good friend of Jason. I think you know him too, Matthew. I'm not going to call his name. But I was like, yo, if I if I was to hit like 25 stack and I had that in my bank, I would call him or Ryan Leslie. Those mm. are the two people that I admire the most because they're not doing just like big in the music world. They were doing, they're, they're doing beyond. big beyond, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, those two guys are like the quintessential people I look up to when it comes to hip hop. I mean, I look up to Jay-Z, but the way Jay-Z move, I think Jay-Z is just a special breed in terms of his, his what he does. But like these guys show integrity in in just their way they carry themselves. Jay Z carries himself in a very likable manner as well. Yeah, I'm not saying otherwise. But these are guys that are my closer to my age, closer to me being relatable too. You know what I mean? So it, it just it breaks my heart to know that like Victory Lap was a great album. I think it would live on forever. But yeah. that's all we're gonna get. I'm sure there's gonna be more music. I'm well, look, sure the amount of music he gave us prior yeah. to Victory Lap. We were we were lucky. Yeah. Like we look at Victory Lap, that was his first official album, yeah. Studio album, album, right? But I'm if I'm not mistaken, there's at least six to seven bodies of well, work. Well, yeah, there's Bullets and Gondo name one, two and three. Three. Um there is Slosson Boys. Oh yeah. There's Slosson Boys. Two Slosson Boys or three? Two. Two Slosson Boys. Uh two Marathons. Guns. Crenshaw, Crenshaw, and mailbox, mailbox money. money, and then yeah, so it's about wow. Yeah, <laughs> this guy has more bodies of work than some artists that are signed to major you labels. Go. You know what I mean? And then you know when you think of all like even on that he was collaborating with artists that you know you he was everywhere, everywhere. Rick was Ross everywhere. was on uh, Marathon on the weather. You know that that record everywhere, you have man. you know Belly worked with him on all some of these records too. So just like. He was not shy of who he was. He embraced himself and he didn't let his past or where he came from limit to where he was going. And I think if we want to carry on his legacy is to have that mindset. We can't have excuses as being like, yo, I grew up in the hood or, you know, I come from a single parent household or this or that. I've been to jail. It's not a race, right? Like put your money where your mouth is. Obviously, some of us would never reach Nipsey's level, but I do believe that some of us could surpass him and that's where greatness happens. Well, look, let's close it out on this. There was only one Nipsey. And there will only be one Nipsey. There will only be one Nipsey, but with what he was doing, what he set up, right, and what he was trying to create. And the blueprint. There will be, at the very least, a hundred more Nipsey's because of what Nipsey Hustle did. Right. So I look at it as as painful as this is, as fucked up as it is, 
what he was able to do within his community and now that we're noticing it internationally his philosophy what he stood for the foundation that he created it's gonna live on through so many other lives that looked up to him in a way where they saw somebody who was respectable who was honorable who yep. stood by his word and they're not gonna let that die we can't this is not even a once in a lifetime type of person this is like I mean, as much people want to compare him to Pac and Biggie, these—I mean, these guys never lived as long as Nip, but didn't have the impact Nip had, like in terms of building and growth and expanding outside of music. I think, like, it's crazy. So let's let's cut it, man. So let me let me go final thoughts here. Yeah, let's, um, let's end it. What are you? What are your Jamalia? I'll start with you, Jamalia. What are your final thoughts or final word you can say about Nipsey? Like what what do you what do you as a person you think you can bring and add to his legacy or what influenced you about him that you could bring forward now? Well, I mean like I said, don't have limitations. Like that's something I really learned from him. Um, and everything is a process. You know what I mean? There's a reason why those albums leading up to Victory Laps was a process. You know what I mean? Mm. It's steps. You know what I mean? You got to be able to grind and let it stick to what you're going to do. Come up with a plan. You know, surround yourself with people with the same energy that have the same desires and build. Mm. You know what I mean? You're not going to have a team of 50 around you. You might only have a team of three. Mm -hmm. But if your three of you guys put your energy and what you guys stood for behind those values you're gonna go somewhere i think that to me would be the greatest thing i've learned from him and i mean how we could continue to live do this is literally give back to our communities in constructive ways and not just give back you know it doesn't have to be money it doesn't have to be you know we all have one thing in common and that's time you know what i mean us three were lucky we were university educated we could give back information you know, we could maybe, you know, put together ideas or reach out with other people like-minded and build. That's all. All right. And Matt? I'm going to keep it as simple as possible. It's a reminder that you got to, the people that are close to you, people you admire, the people that inspire you, the people that motivate you, remind them as well as yourself how much you love them, how much you appreciate them support them build with them don't just notice what they're doing and and give them that simple like or that simple yeah good for you like no like use it as a foundation to go forward and to progress and to do something greater than yourself you know like it, it can be the smallest of things where it's your first donation Right. Or it could be the greatest of things where you set up a foundation right. with a group of friends where right. you, each of you just throw in $100 and that's how you get it going. But it's just this idea of making sure you pay it forward. And that's what Nipsey was all about. It was yeah. about paying it forward and making sure that the people that helped him get where he was, he paid it forward to them. And then the people that he knew were coming after him, he set things up for them. Right. 
the STEM facility, the science, technology, engineering, and medicine facility was meant to help the generation after him to get into Silicon Valley. You know, Vector 90 helping children learn how to code to get into Silicon Valley. Low-income housing was meant to help not only the next generation, but the generation before him that maybe were struggling, have a place to live, a roof over your head, so you can have an address that you can get a job, get mail sent to you so that you would know if you got the job. Like Things like that, all these little things that were building up that he was doing are the things we need to think about, not just in his community, but in all the communities that we have and making sure that we prop ourselves up we don't just rely on hoping somebody will do it for us, but we take initiative and do it ourselves. And at the end of the day, rem- remember to tell each other as much as possible. Dude, I've told you and I've told Jason on this podcast and outside of this podcast, I love you both. I appreciate you hey, both. That's a mutual feeling around And here. look. I know you guys have your mixed feelings when we argue on here, but understand, like, we we can shout at each other. We can <laughs> we can look like we want to rip each other's heads off. And it'll the, never stop. It will never stop. But yeah. at the end of the day, I can tell you right now without a shadow of a doubt, the three of us love each other. No, the four of us, because Tyler's here as well. <laughs> He's in the background. Bro, but like, yeah. We love each other. Like, genuinely love each other. It's respect and it's love at the end of the day. No matter how heated it can get over a topic. Nothing is ever, you know I mean? Nothing is too great for, exactly. the, for than a exactly. conversation. And, and at the end of the day, sorry, I, my bad, bro. I want to make sure that in holding on to his philosophies, we never forget the fundamental foundation that makes it all work is love. It's love and it's appreciation. Right. It Always works, put that forward. I have one last thing to add. Yeah, man. Because I just reflected while you're talking. And I remember, like, when I was younger, we used to go on these camping trips. You know what I mean? And as a counselor, they used to always tell us, leave the, the, where you're camping the same way you met it, or even better. And I feel like that's what NIP, that's what our, anybody goal should be, is to leave your environment that you were brought up in better than you were brought up in. So yeah. It's always better. It's always progressive. Yep. And I think that's why his impact would be for everlasting generation yeah. to come because he made such a you know mark and he's done enough to have changed yeah you know his community for the better right and i think that's what everybody's goal should be yeah you know anything you you get yourself involved leave it better than you got it that's yeah. all. all any right. last thoughts jason um from what i've known from nipsey and what i've seen of him what i admire from him is his business acumen He's very positive. I've never heard anything bad about said about this person. So, which is this, rare, man. This, this is this is the thing. If <laughs> if I've never heard anything bad about you, and I don't even follow you that well, that tells me that it's you can so be a, you're a stand up person. Yeah. And my lesson, I guess, I could learn from him and his legacy could add to it is just that, you know, continue to move forward, help the people around with you, and. Make sure that the people that are with you, whoever that you know are your boys and stuff, bring them with you and try to build with them instead of just like, all right, here's your thing to go. No, come together, build together, and you're going to have a good, you're going to, 
like it's for me i'm just happy everyone eats i don't want just myself eat and give you guys yeah. some of my leftover no i want everyone to eat just as much and right. that's the thing i guess let's for compliment me. each other and not compete with each other man. yeah there we so go. to close this off thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the don't be mad podcast you know you can reach us on instagram and twitter at don't be mad pod you can reach us on facebook don't be mad podcast we also are on youtube and don't check be out, mad check out the new logo too that we yeah we up. got uh we're gonna send out the well we sent out a couple of them so far yeah. on my personal page plus i'll throw it on the uh, don't be mad page i'll just align all the different colorations throughout the next couple of weeks you're not going to get it all at once calm your fucking tits <laughs> also i think it's important and to be mindful of this, I know we've said it before. I think if there's anybody that hears, you know, who listens to our podcast, that whether they themselves or somebody they know want to reach out, talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel free You're to more do than so. welcome. Look, I've extended my DMs on Instagram or Twitter, and I've had people hit me up. Like, don't think it's a joke. Like, People have hit me up, and I'm I'm grateful to them, and I've Email I've helped us. them out to Twitter. the most of my personal capacity does. But when it, I've even told them when it gets to a point where I can help you, I will direct you to professional help because I'm not a professional, and I always remind you guys, I am not a professional. I'm just a guy who cares. Yeah. So just so if if you feel inclined, like maybe this Nipsey Hustle situation makes you feel so inclined to message me you are more than welcome to because look we we go through it together and we help each other we build each other yeah. up but stuff. let's uh close this out because we gotta go thank you guys for listening like i said you know how you can reach us uh r.i.p nipsey hustle one last time thank you for everything you gave us thank you for everything you built in your community your legacy will live on through all of us. You will not be forgotten. Yep. Tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your pets to listen to the Don't Be Mad podcast. We love you all. Peace. Love is love. Niggas be up early before the sun. It's money in the morning. Niggas trade a coffee for Patronin. Y'all pardon me, I'm just zoning.